this is uh, arnav and uh, welcome to the second episode of the technopreneur one plug podcast and uh, today we are going to be talking about a topic very close to my heart which is uh, technological solutionism um so this uh, term itself was uh, coined uh, first time by uh, an author evgeny morozov i hope i pronounced the name correctly so it's in this book uh, titled uh, to save everything click here uh, which which is of course a fantastic book and i would definitely recommend uh, if you are listening to this and you and you love this episode it's something that you should definitely go and read that book um so although uh, i uh, personally myself was first time introduced to this uh, term itself by uh, kiran kiran junagrata who is uh, the mm, you know uh, the founder of the one of the co-founders of i would say the save the internet movement which helped uh, preserve net neutrality in india and uh, uh, and like a major force behind the speak for me campaign which uh, prevented uh, aadhaar from getting linked to everybody's mobile number and bank accounts and uh, he he talks about technology and policy and how technology affects governance a lot on twitter is definitely recommend uh, following him uh, i think uh, his his uh, handle is jacker hack or i think or jace uh, i'm not sure I think it's Jacker Hack, yeah. It's Kiran Junalgarda. So, uh, so I think the first time I saw was a thread of tweets from him about how uh, governments uh, think of, uh, you know, applying or implementing a technological solution and thinking it will solve everything. And uh, that's that's the first time on the tweet I heard this word technological solutionism, and then. I ended up searching about it read a lot of articles read this book and uh, it's uh, yeah I think uh, it it's quite a fascinating uh, way to look at how we have started to think that uh, technology can solve uh, certain problems that it really uh, cannot so as i said to record this episode i think the biggest irony would be that i am wearing this uh, t-shirt it's uh, it's a very funky nice looking t-shirt uh, yellow in color with uh, uh, this uh, graffiti kind of you know with funny fonts written on the front which says uh, code changes lives and uh, this is uh, a t-shirt that i got at uh, the hack in out hackathon it's uh, one of uh, i definitely would say one of india's best hackathons not just because the organizer shakti uh, who has been running this for the last 6 7 years is a great friend but also because it really is one of the most popular hackathons in india annual uh, hackathons um, it's not restricted only to students so ever since i have gotten out of college i still am able to go and participate i have won uh, one of the top 3 prizes at the hackathon in the last uh, i think 
थ्री ईयर्स इन अ रो बट आई एम टॉकिंग अबाउट दैट इज बिकॉज आई थिंक हैकाथॉन्स एंड ऑफकोर्स लाइक दिस टी शर्ट डर आई गॉट फ्रॉम दैकाथॉन विच से स्कोर्ट चेंज लाइव रिफ्लेक्ट्स दिस आई से वॉट सब्सक्रिप्शन ऑफ पीपल टू दिस बिलीव दैट there can always be an app or a website or, or some you no know, quick technological bandaid that can solve uh, big uh, structural uh, problems that have invested the human uh, kind for generations so you know uh, maybe uh, a small machine learning uh, computer vision project that can detect uh, cancer cells will be the uh, you know the big game changer that will cure the world of cancer or this uh, one app that uh, can i mean these days we have covid hackathons it's a coronavirus and this app which with bluetooth uh, proximity can contact trace and you know eradicate coronavirus from the world i mean the, the stretch that we go from you know uh, just uh, a couple of uh, phones tapping their bluetooth signals to each other or uh, a machine learning algorithm that can you know detect the edges of the uh, cancer growth in, in the cells in some uh, you know x-rays ct scans uh and stretching that to thinking that uh, oh my god i mean if if we can do this then i think just extrapolate it to a couple of more things and uh, we just have solved for uh, the biggest problem in the world um the people who um, i mean i i really love going to hackathons to be really honest and uh, the way i have grown as a person in technology uh, learning on all of these things like learning to make apps websites uh teaching people to do that i mean hackathons have been uh, a very big contributor to my growth as a technological uh, person and and i still love going to them uh, and I, i think i will uh, keep going to them for quite a few uh, more years at least uh, i can see myself doing that um uh, but uh, but i think like uh, the way i feel about hackathons is like having this uh, great opportunity to you know have this you know crunch time of two days and trying to whip something up uh, i feel it's it's more of a fun activity uh, than anything else but but i see a lot of other people who come and participate in hackathons who truly believe that you know they can change the world in in uh, you know writing 100 lines of code in two days uh, maybe 1000 lines of code in two days but um, Well, that's uh, that's that's what uh, kind of brings us into uh, the the premise of what a technological solution is is um, is that uh, you know especially like I think uh, there are uh, people who are from uh, like big CEOs of companies and uh, some some ministers or. uh bureaucrats from the government who are often uh, called as uh, judges to something like a hackathon and they see a couple of school or college kids whipping up a couple of lines of code and you know uh, doing something fantastic uh, you know uh, like 
detecting cancer cells it's it's not really detecting cancer cells right i mean it's it's like 100 photos and uh, some of them have cancer cells some of them don't and the probability of the machine saying that the ones which have cancer cells really have it and that uh, extrapolating that to actually diagnosing cancer and then to curing cancer it's a stretch but people look at those results and because uh, many of these people who are in you know administrative people you know somebody without technology background somebody who's an mba and running a company a healthcare company maybe or somebody who is a you know bureaucrat who has you know uh, been an ias officer and never gone into technology or somebody who's a minister they, they just feel like you know they just see a glimpse of miracle somewhere and they just want it uh to be this beacon of uh, i don't know what like some hope light that we can shine upon the world and fix all its problems uh it's it's also like a uh mirror to the concept of religion as well uh you know if you just pray if you fold your hands in front of this super power that nobody really understands and you know you murmur a couple of words and then some problem gets solved so let's all believe in it uh i i just keep on seeing technology slowly slowly getting elevated to that point where people just want to you know uh, create this magnificent system that can do everything and solve everything for them and they just want to kneel down before it uh, pray and say you know just solve it for us so that's that's where a technological solution is arises from and there are like the the two spectrums of it like the, the the kids who go to these hackathons i mean i'm i'm not really targeting hackathons as such i'm also talking about people who uh try to you know uh, build a startup saying that it is going to solve poverty or hunger or world cancer or something like that uh, and and what they're really making is just an app uh, so so the people who are building these things and who feel like you know this this just one technological magical wand will uh, you know just wave away these problems and also uh, the people who don't understand technology seeing this and suddenly thinking hey i i i mean let's just have more of this thing because this is one thing that can magically solve our problems so this uh, elevation of technology into some sort of mysticism uh the, this people who actually know technology feeling it like this is their big break of changing the world and this people who don't understand uh turning it into a religion is uh the the you know the ingredients that go into uh the the formation of uh this technological solutionism problem and uh i i will just uh, you know uh, pick up a few nice anecdotes to give you an idea of how it looks like uh, in practice and why it does not really solve the problems that we think it can a good example of uh, where uh, something uh, solutionism uh, kind of happens uh, would be uh, very recently i think 3 4 days ago i just uh, saw this post on linkedin by somebody who 
said that you know um, our college has uh, because of coronavirus they have cancelled the exams of the final semester and what they planned on doing is was using the average marks of the last three semesters and uh, using that as the cgpa for the current semester and just giving people degrees based on that and uh, these uh, couple of uh, students and they're bright kids um, final year in college and they whipped up uh, this uh, what they say is a predictive ai model that's i think the terms they used uh, which uh, they have trained on the data set of uh, students from last year and uh, what they have of course done is they have taken their uh, you know uh, marks of say uh, the 5th 6th 7th uh, semester and uh, using that they have uh, created uh, this um, system that predicts the marks of the 8th semester and then they take the predicted marks and then they match it with the actual marks that uh, those students had gotten so this is the data from last year so these students actually had given their 8th semester examinations and they got some marks in it okay so they take their 6th 7th and 5th uh, 6th and 7th semester marks and uh, they they run it through a training model might be like a you know cnn with with some you know um, feedback loop so uh, if the the predictions are uh, correct it it's a positive feedback if it's not it's a negative feedback so they uh, run the trainings multiple times till they get a neural model which uh, generates marks which are close to what their actual marks were Uh, and uh, their model has an 88% accuracy uh, or within a band of i think 0.4 gpa so uh, which which means that you know uh, if you feed uh, somebody's uh, marks of 5th 6th and 7th semester and then this system gives you the marks of the 8th semester it predicts the marks of the 8th semester and then the student actually goes and sits for that exam okay uh then then they get some marks so the predicted marks and the actual marks there's a 90% chance that uh, they are uh, the same okay now uh what i what i just uh, asked them was you know how about you just take the average like do what the college is doing take the average of 5th 6th and 7th semester marks uh and uh, correlate that with the actual marks that the people got in their 8th semester and uh, the result for that was also 90% and that's because this is not a machine learning problem to begin with this is you don't need to create a predictive artificial intelligence for this it's it's a kind of common sense people who get better marks in 5th 6th and 7th semester have a higher probability of getting better marks in the 8th semester because they are the kids who love studying and getting marks and they're the kids who don't love studying and don't like getting marks and uh, they, they get a back uh, you know you know it's 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 not like you know the the kind of people who get uh, 30% marks in some semesters get 80% in the other semesters and then the ones who get 80% in some semesters get 30 in the other semesters it's 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 very correlated you know the, the people who like for example the, the person who used to uh, get the maximum marks now class karan suri uh, he 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 was the topper in our batch for the all for second year third year fourth year all the three years because he is the one who used to study the most and you know the person doesn't change right so i mean seriously why are we talking about this uh, taking the average marks of the last three semesters and using it as the final semester marks 
uh, is like the simplest solution out of this and you know creating a machine learning algorithm and taking data sets and feeding it and training it and ending up at the same accuracy level you're just uh, proving this uh, thing where you know you just think that you know everything needs to have a very high tech solution that nobody understands now uh, if if somebody you know uh, let's think of it in a more uh, you know uh, what can i say uh, a more layman terms in a more civil way rather than in a technological way so if somebody uh, you know just files an rti you know or they just um, uh, you know write to information basically in india it's a, it's a way of getting information from the government so somebody files an rti inquiry or if somebody just asks uh, for an explanation of uh, why uh, they have been assigned a certain gpa and uh, not more than that or not less than that uh, your your college authorities uh, or anybody would be in uh, quite a bit of a tricky ground because Uh, this machine learning algorithm and uh, especially its model that has been trained the weights inside the model nobody would actually be able to explain why uh, if given your gpa in 5th 6th and 7th grades where you know xyz why uh, a certain gpa maybe i have been given you know 8.6 gpa in my 8th semester why have i been given that there's no answer to why because it's a black box system and nobody really knows how it works it just gives 90% accuracy but uh, you know if you just take average and and you know you get the same accuracy and you can actually tell like you can you know in a court of law or in a in a you know non technical just a civil argument you can just uh, very clearly explain that you know we just took an average of your last three semesters marks and we thought that you know if you if you are scoring at a certain rate we just expect you to be continue to scoring at a certain rate and that's that's so much simpler and so much easier to explain if in in the case of a dispute instead of uh, having a machine learning model that nobody really understands and uh, that's that's some of the biggest pitfalls of something uh, like solutionism again uh, and it's called solutionism because you, you just love more complex more technical solutions and you start believing in solutions and uh, you focus so little on uh, what the actual problem was in the first place and do we need you know you know a big solution for this problem or do do we just need to solve the problem or do we need to like you know believe in the solution or come up with a huge solution for the problem and you know celebrate the solution anyway, the solution is not to be celebrated you know it's a problem it needs to be solved and you need to move on that's that's the most important part which often we keep forgetting the one other example that uh, i should uh, really often uh, bring up uh, is uh, from from my dad and uh, he is like a person who is working in the government or ministry and uh, he of course works with systems that are administrative in nature and uh, and like you know this this uh, example is something that i bring up uh, to argue with him also uh, Uh, and and uh, to do to, to uh, explain to other people about how this line of thinking has its own set of problems especially like uh, with systems like aadhar that uh, were thought of as a system that would be in uh, like that would improve situation but that turned out to be 
uh, exclusionary in nature okay uh, i think the word exclusive uh, kind of is is uh, is more appropriate but uh, that that word has gotten so abused uh, that you think of exclusive as something like you know only you are allowed to get into this uh, nice little night club but uh, somebody else is not allowed and you think it's in a positive way as exclusive but uh, exclusionary where people who who should have gotten access to something are not given access anyway uh, cutting back to the example that i was uh, trying to talk about is um, so uh so back when you know there the, the digitalization of offices were starting uh, especially government offices and uh, uh, my father used to uh, often crib about how uh, you know uh, manually working with uh, files and signing things manually and delivering a file from a desk to another desk manually has its uh, pitfalls and downsides and uh, is like a source of corruption and how if somebody wants to stop uh, a certain uh, you know uh, project from from uh, you know uh, completing getting completed or approved they would uh, you know get the file lost or they would uh, you know delay in transferring that file or would not sign that file for some time and you know then you have to go hunting where that file was like till which desk did it go it needed four approvals so or, or somebody would say that you know i've just lost the file and if it's lost it means you know there's a certain number of days before which you can't uh, restart that process and then when you do restart uh, so so you know essentially people could just uh, uh, sabotage the process of uh, say approving a new project or uh, you know implementing a new rule and delay it uh, to 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 such an extent that it would essentially be as good as stopping that from happening and all and he used to of course express his displeasure at that and when uh, there is a system called e office so e office is like a office management software for government agencies that uh, uh has been in use in a lot of uh, government wings for quite a lot of time uh here that when e office will come and all of these things will you know just go away like people like corruption will go away because it will all be digital and uh, there will be traces and track record and you know people who cannot just simply say i have lost the file and i'm telling that you know uh, see the problem is uh, corruption is not really a technology problem and hence technology can't solve corruption because uh, if somebody wants to you know uh, take some money over the top to make your projects uh, get approved faster or somebody uh, just just to spite you wants to stop your project from getting uh, done or something like that uh, There, there, there would be ways to do it even within e office and of course when it got implemented uh, he started seeing the you know similar effects happening like uh, now people would instead of uh, you know misplacing files they would just say that you know i am not able to log into my computer and they would use that excuse for uh, a whole week and delay something for a week uh, it's, it's a government office so you understand like you know you can say i am not able to log into my e-office and i can't sign this file so and, and you can keep uh, passing around their excuse till somebody from it shows up and even when somebody from it shows up maybe you just tell them uh, the wrong password and you know they are also confused so yeah and uh, 
people would often just uh, disconnect the lan cable from behind their own computer and then say that you know uh, hey what can i do like my my internet is not working uh, and and uh, after a few years he, he of course came around and started realizing the fact which i had been uh, telling him for a long time is that you know uh, you can't just believe in uh, technology to be your savior from a problem that hadn't arise in the first place uh, out of uh, absence of technology so so somebody uh, you know uh, making a piece of legislation or a project approval go faster or slower depending on their personal connections or the money that they're making out of it that's pain and jane uh, corruption and that that uh, used to happen uh, from from the day administrative uh, wings exist and uh, they 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 are not uh, really you know uh, like like you know when you see that you know some systems are inefficient and paying a little extra makes it efficient it's it's just optimized towards somebody earning that amount of bribe it's not optimized for uh, for for the work to get done okay and uh, these are more structural uh, problems and problems with the human mind uh and and there is just no way uh something like technology can actually you know solve this in fact technology can even amplify this uh, so there are people who who take bribes on paytm uh, now you know or on bitcoin now so you know you know it, it's it's just that people will move their enterprise and their enterprise could be a you know legal and ethical and first class one or their enterprise could be an illegal one uh right uh so so people can just move their existing enterprise into a new platform and that's what people do and uh, having like a blind faith that the that the new platform that the platform will actually solve for issues like uh, corruption or the platform will change issues like you know if 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 uh, a set of people don't uh, you know uh come up with new ideas like moving to a new platform will not help uh in that happening that's this like a more conscious change that has to be brought upon like in a positive side and negative side you just have to let uh you know people if somebody is like found out to be a kleptomaniac they they they, they steal things you have to you know uh, installing cctvs will not uh, solve people from being a crypto maniac they will just find out cctv blind spots and then steal from there uh, you have to put a crypto maniac into an institute and you know get their problem rectified in like a real problem solving way rather than you know trying to think that you know more cctv cameras will just reduce uh, you know threats so so uh, i think that's that's kind of uh, sums up my views on uh, this this entire concept and i definitely uh, highly highly recommend reading the book uh, to save everything click here and uh, read more articles about uh, you know why the 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 people who 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 can call the shots but don't understand technology and uh, and they, they just fall into this trap of uh, you know you know thinking that there would be some some fantastic machine or algorithm or a rule or some automation that will just take over their lives and will just start making things run smoothly you know you know it's it's really is not uh, not what uh, happens and, and uh, you know having like having uh, you know kind of 
suspended your critical thinking in favor of just listening to what a non-living system tells you to do is uh, like in my my dictionary of course uh, goes into the uh, title of uh, you know uh, what can i say i mean it, it just uh, is sad that that that's what happens but uh, i think uh, people just want uh something that they don't understand to solve their problems in a miracle and that's that's the uh, you apply this to technological solutions and you get technological solutionism mm-hmm.